have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm... just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO on Max and Sky Atlantic television series. I'm your host Matthew and today we, well, um, it's interesting, I already had this planned to do today um, before the casting news and then I guess HBO just said hey here's some more, here's some more things for you to talk about on The Last of Us podcast so it's useful timing because I can quite easily put these three things uh, into one podcast. So the layout of today's episode, you might be wondering, because I will be mentioning something. I'm not, I'm not going to do a breakdown of Last of Us Two again because I've done that a million times. Uh, three things I'll be talking about today is some updated casting news, um, and we're going to be rewinding a little bit and talking about Jesse and Dina's casting because I haven't done that yet. Uh, Catherine O'Hara joining the cast and then we're going to take a break and then I'm not really going to be talking about the biggest spoilers of The Last of Us but a few spoilery little things that if you don't want to know anything about Last of Us 2 uh, if you haven't played it or you're just going to watch the show um, I'm going to be mentioning a couple of little bits in Last of Us 2 what I'm going to do in the second half is give some small updated thoughts i mean small they might not be small uh some updated thoughts of a few new things that occurred to me uh while finishing my seventh playthrough of the last of us 2 of course the remastered ps5 version and then i'm going to talk about the three lost levels um that they added into the game in the remastered version so let's rewind a little bit to the start uh so just to be clear for this first half i'm just going to be talking about casting Uh, just going to be talking about casting, and you don't have to worry about anything spoilery in the first half. I'll give you a spoiler warning. Don't worry. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. I'm not going to tell you that Batman dies in this game. I'm not going to tell you that, so don't worry. <laughs> um, Spider-Man doesn't die in this game either, by the way. So, right. Um, so, uh, I remember I talked originally about Abby's casting, of course, Caitlin Denver. Uh, sorry, Deva. Uh, cast as Abby. Um, I have a few little updated thoughts on that. I'll I'll get to in a moment. Um, I looked up some images of her. Well, not not some images of her. I looked up some images for Dina and Jesse, and there happened to be also Abby um, images alongside different pictures of Caitlin Dever, and it helped me to try to imagine her playing that character because for me with with any of these characters whether it's ellie joel abby dina jesse whoever it is it's not i mean it is about acting talent and it is of course about you know somewhat what they look like but you can make people look a little bit different 
is when you hear so-and-so's been cast as so-and-so, and and not just for Last of Us, but for anything, think think of all the comic book casting we've had over the last couple of years, can you imagine that person playing that character in live-action? And I would say across the board, now that I've changed my mind a little bit on Caitlin Dever, um, I would just say yes for all of these, really, in terms of, okay, if you look at a face of a person, regardless of their name or who or, or whatever, can you imagine, can you visualise that person in certain scenes, like certain scenes of The Last of Us 2? So we've got, uh, already covered the Abbey stuff, so won't be going over that again. Um, Young Mazzino from Beef, which is a Netflix limited series, which has got Stephen Young in it, so I may have to give that a little look, um, was announced to play Jesse, while Isabella Merced uh, was apparently in Madam Web. Let's just ignore that. I'm sure she's a great actress. Obviously the film's got problems, whatever. Uh, we'll play Dina. Then it says, um, Jesse is a selfless member of the duo's new community, according to HBO, while fans of The Last of Us Part 2 will recognise Dina as Ellie's eventual love interest. <clears throat> um, again, both of if I fundamentally just look at both of them, and can I imagine those two in scenes as those two people? Yes, quite quite easily, I would imagine. It's also a case of... Not just, like, I don't imagine HBO just Googles random people and like, hey, do you want to pick this person? Yeah, let's just chuck them in. Obviously, they've got audition tapes and uh, they have to actually audition for the role and stuff. But it's also sort of like, okay, these people are going to be with other characters. Like, what? Like, you've got um, Isabella here. How is she going to be in scenes with uh, Bella Ramsey's Ellie? Is that going to work? And you've got, I I assume they do like a chemistry test and that sort of thing. Uh, specifically for those two as well. Obviously, there's characters that just pass by other ones. Um, but no, I think this is that's going to be quite good. Um, I'm not specifically bothered about like, oh, they have to have been in something really big because it isn't necessarily about the person that you cast has got to have been in something really big and really known. Obviously, both Pedro and Bella were in um, Game of Thrones and stuff, so that was that was great, but. It's more just about can they perform the role and do can they believably perform the role? What do they look like as the character and how are they when it comes to doing scenes with other people? So <clears throat> uh, that's those two. Um, I don't have like a ton to actually say about all of these, but I'll just give a few thoughts on them and stuff. Um, you've also got Catherine. This, this is the one that's actually more curious to me than any of the other casting news we've had apart from maybe Abby, Catherine O'Hara, who you may remember as the mum, can't remember her actual name, in Shits Creek. Shits Creek, by the way, brilliant show. Go and watch it. Go and do yourself a favour and go and watch that. It's on Netflix. Um, now, when I first saw a photo of her and they said, oh, Catherine O'Hara is joining the cast of The Last of Us, and I thought, and I looked at her and I thought, okay, who does she look like she could play? In the, in, in the game. And I immediately thought of the um, Seraphites, the Scars leader. Now, in case some of you have no context to who that is, you'll find out who that is. But then they said she's joining as a new character. Now, given we've got, I don't know what the actual number is, I'd say about 15, maybe 20, some of them really small roles, new characters. Um, she's going to be playing a new character. I'm trying to think of who that could be. Because you've had people like... And that's a bit different. You had the guy who played Frank, 
right? Bill's boyfriend. But obviously that served the purposes to, okay, let's rewind a little bit before Frank dies in the game and show Bill and Frank's life, hence episode three was created, which was a brilliant idea. And you've got people like um, Troy Baker, who played James, who's like, was it Dave, David's, uh, like his right-hand man, that expanded that character a bit more. And they found these interesting ways in the first season to sort of give life to these characters that were either very minor roles or we didn't really see that much. Like um, Ellie's mum, for example, Ashley Johnson, of course, who kind of literally is Ellie's mum because she kind of brought the characters to life, which is all beautiful and lovely and everything. Um, who could she be playing? I try to think if there's any gaps anywhere of like characters that are mentioned... Uh, off screen, but if it's a new character, so I'm I'm assuming a new character wouldn't be obviously she's not going to play Eugene. I'm thinking of someone like Eugene who you didn't see Eugene in the game, um, but he was mentioned and you understood Eugene's role in in the community. Obviously, I doubt that unless she's doing a gender bent version of Eugene, but I, I I don't think so. I don't think that's the actual answer. Um. Uh, who could you, I don't know, I really, I have tried to think about this quite a lot actually, it might not have sounded like I have, but I really don't know, it's because, because there are so many new characters anyway, and there's not really sort of, oh, uh, Jesse's mum, or some someone like that that she could play, or Dina's mum, or, I don't know, Ellie's auntie or something, like... I've absolutely no idea, so I'm really, I'm really, really curious to see who she's going to be playing. Obviously, she's a phenomenal actress and everything, um, which is curious to see. Okay, who is going to play the Seraphites, uh, Scar's leader? Because I think Catherine O'Hara could have done, could have put a bit of a twist on that character and could have done that character very interestingly well. Um, so it can't be her, but that was who I, who I thought it was going to be. Um, Joel's mum or something? No. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no idea, which is really, really interesting because of, of all the possible characters, I'm thinking of like, oh yeah, this character's mentioned off screen or something. And oh, that will def she will definitely fit that character. I can't think of anybody, which is, which is just really, really curious to me anyway. So uh, that's Catherine O'Hara, but very, very talented. And I'm sure whatever the role it is that she does... Um, that she'll be very good at doing. One of my pages has just clicked off. Here we go. Um, so yeah, that's some of our casting news. But at least so far, again, uh, I can imagine all these people in these casting roles, which is the most important thing. But we got one, two, three, four, four new announcements today of casting members. Uh, Danny Ramirez as Manny. Um, again, immediately I, I looked at him and... Because what was it? I saw a post from HBO that said, oh, these people are joining the show. As if everybody's got to work out like, oh, who does that look most look like? That's probably going to be that person. And straight away you thought, okay, he's probably going to be Manny. So that's quite cool. Uh, then you've got Ariella Barra uh, as as Mel. Looks a lot like her as well. Uh, so that's quite cool. Um, Tati Gabriella as Nora. And then Spencer Lord as Owen. What was interesting to me as well in regards to Owen. Because um, I saw someone say somewhere. I can't remember where I saw it. Said like, oh, he's one of the game's biggest side characters. I don't know that I would describe Owen as a side character. I mean, 
Nora, I would. Mel's not really a side character. Manny, I don't really think is a side character, but I definitely wouldn't describe Owen as a side character. Anyway, um, is when they... Because obviously we already knew about the the original cast we already had, and we knew about Dina and Jesse. And there's a particular scene early on that Owen's involved in. And they announced like, oh, in two weeks, Last of Us is, is starting shooting, because I think it's shooting right now. And I was like, where's Owen? How come you haven't announced Owen? There was probably uh, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed and that sort of thing. But now we know he's going to be going to be him. Um, again, all of these look good for the roles. I don't think I've heard of any of these people, which doesn't make or break the role and stuff. I did see a lot of people, however. Um, let's just say that Nora and Ellie have, they have a scene together. Actually, they have more than one scene together. Um, of, like, a lot of people, for Tati Gabriella, a lot of people seem to be really, really excited about her. Now, I don't know who she is. Um, she may have been in something and I've can't remember the thing or, or whatever but um a lot of people seem to be sort of saying oh when we get to that ellie nora scene they're both gonna absolutely kill it and there were people that writing the lines of oh when nora says this or when ellie says that uh it's gonna be really awesome and i started imagining that myself um but i started sort of visually trying to imagine it because i don't know what tatty is like in her acting because i don't think i've seen her before um but that's going to be quite cool. So, um, Mel's another very interesting character. I'm curious to see. See, now I'm going to try to start imagining, like, some of the big lines that these people have and the actors doing those particular lines. Um, and I think it, it, it visually in my mind looks very good, if, if that makes sense. So, uh, I can't wait for that. Um, so there's a bunch of casting there. We still have... Now, I'm going to name these characters because me telling you someone's name is not remotely anything spoiler-related at all. We've still got the Seraphite Scars leader to cast. You've still got Isaac. But by, by the way, just to tell you, um, Isaac in the game is performed, let's say, by uh, Jeffrey Wright. I uh, don't know if they'll get Jeffrey Wright. Of course, they did have um, Malena's uh, performer, um, motion capture performance person, in the show in the show that's the one difference that they did there uh you've got yara you've got lev you've got jordan you've got so let me actually count right seraphite's leader isaac uh yara lev jordan leah a lot of people it's just strange to me leah leah is She's almost a character I forgot about. She's in the game for five minutes. And there was a lot of people in these comments of like, oh, this is this group of people being cast or whatever. And they're like, where's Leah? Where's Leah? And I, was, I had to actually think for a minute, like, who the hell is Leah? And then I thought back and remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Leah. And I was like, why is everyone so bothered about Leah's casting <laughs> in, in the show? She's like, you want to talk about, like basically guest appear it like leah's almost a sort of cameo in this game um but leah's still one of them uh she is a person that is on screen but for very very little time um who else is there i'm sure it's like a bunch of other characters um if we had seth yet seth hasn't been casted yet has he um we've already got maria 
Um, Tommy's obviously already there. Joel, Ellie, they're already there. Um, I'm not looking up a list, by the way. I'm just thinking off the top of my head the people that you come across. Uh, Jordan already mentioned him. There's, like, other side characters in some of these groups that... They have lines that they give towards Ellie and that kind of stuff, but they're not really named or anything. So there's, there's like, a few of them people kind of bobbing around. And maybe, um... I guess maybe Catherine could play, like... Because there's some new groups that get introduced. And I wonder if Catherine O'Hara will play, like, a new character in one of them groups. But I don't know that you actually need that, because there's already so many people in this game. Um... Do I think, is it just seven? Because I... Before before these castings, uh, Manny, Mel, Nora, and Owen um, was thinking, oh, there's 15 to 20 people, which there almost is. Um, there is the girl, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but the one that plays the Vita. Um, if you've seen the like gameplay clip thing, you'll, the, the, the original like gameplay showcase that they did, you'll know who that is. Um, I can't remember her name or if she's given a name. I actually can't remember what it is. It's still her, so she is still in there, and she gives some important lines and bits pieces. So, um, although her her online character's nickname is called Vita Girl, so I guess we'll just call her Vita Girl. So that's eight people. Um, there's a couple of dogs. There is one, two. There's two main dogs, and there's a third one you see very, very briefly. Uh, they're not like I mean they are characters, but. You're not going to have, like, dog such-and-such such cast as whatever, so I'm going to discount those, just because they won't be sort of, hey, this dog has been cast to play this dog or something. Um, what else is there? Eugene, again, if, if if they decide to include Eugene in the show, they don't have to, but if they want to do any sort of, like, flashback bits and pieces or in-between bits, um, you can cast him, but that's an optional one. So I'm counting eight people so far that they haven't cast yet, uh, so we'll see how... All that goes, but I am incredibly, incredibly excited to see all these people come together, see, see the first trailer, to see kind of even just uh, these people in you know hair and makeup and in costume and stuff. And then once we start to see that, especially for um, Caitlin as Abby, we can then start sort of getting... Because for me, this is a very, very visual... I mean, obviously it's a TV show, you watch it, don't you? Um, one of the most important things about this adaption, apart from, okay, do it right and tell the story right and all that kind of stuff, is, and I know I say this all the time, is that the literal idea of taking these CG characters, obviously they're performed by real people, but the CG characters, and trying to choose a person that replicates at least a good portion of their look, or looks enough like the character that you go, oh yeah, that's that character, that's that character. Obviously, they're not going to look to a T the exact same. Uh, although Walking Dead did a damn good job of, like, to a T at a point, like, literally literally pulling certain characters out of the comic book and making them into real people. But seeing real people on camera in these real-looking, obviously there's some green screen stuff going on in these real looking sets literally bringing this game to life and it will be just be very very cool when we see okay first images of these people in in costume and stuff and you go all oh, right that's what they're gonna look like because as much as we can google random images of these people and be like oh yeah they're gonna look pretty good as that character or they seem like a good fit once we get like them in costume hair and makeup gets done and they look a bit 
different. Because obviously, if you look at, let's say, Pedro Pascal, and obviously he's a bit of a Hispanic version of Joel, which is absolutely fine. And you look at him and you go, yeah, you can kind of imagine that. But then when you see him, like, okay, hair down, you get the you got the grey sort of jacket on, um, and you do you you do your bits and bobs to him, and you go, okay, now he looks properly like Joel, if if you will. Um, and I know some people have still got issues with like, oh, Bella's not old enough, and this kind of stuff. The really funny thing about that is because Ellie's fourteen, thirteen, fourteen in the first game. Obviously, she grows up and gets older, and I think she's nineteen at the start of the first game because there's like a five or so year time jump uh, in between the first and second game and she is 19 and when Bella started her first season on the show she is already 19 I think she she'll probably be I guess 20 21 or so depending on when her birthday is and when the sh- when the second season starts she she I'm gonna guess she's at least 20 now because obviously it's been a year since the first season's on and she's probably would have gotten older um, she'll be about she'll be about twenty one, twenty twenty one, if not maybe twenty two, depending on when that lines up. So she is actually at the same age, if not older than that version. Um, and again, we've seen like videos of her um, doing gym workouts and and that kind of stuff, trying to like beef herself up a bit, I suppose, and get a bit stronger. Um, because there is like a mature difference between the young and the older Ellie because obviously you know when you go from age 12 13 to 18 19 you tend to look a bit different by the time you get to that age you tend to look a bit more you know less like a young teen and more like a young adult because that's how that works um but uh obviously like you know now she's older she's more mature and stuff she's you know experienced five or six years more of her life so she's maturing and stuff uh, and I think Bella will have... I don't think Bella will have any problems doing that. Uh, and again, hair and makeup and other bits and pieces, I, I think they'll do... I think they'll do a very, very good job of this, is 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 my point. So, um, but I just can't wait to... <clears throat> sorry, I, I just can't wait to see a trailer and we get visuals of what certain places look like and I can pinpoint sort of, oh, that's when this bit is in the game or there's some new bits and pieces and this character... You know, is playing this character in this scene, <clears throat> uh, and all those kinds of things. Um, I'm really, really looking forward. Just like when the first um, little trailer we had uh, for the first season, it's like, oh wow, now we can actually see this thing properly brought to life, and it was, it stunned me, and it absolutely stunned me. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm now looking forward to okay, seeing the rest of the cast, but I want some, you know pictures some images of people in costume and because we probably won't get a trailer yet um if my my guess for when we get a first trailer it depends on how long it takes to film doesn't it i mean you can't rush these things we know it's going to be next year we don't know if it'll definitely be january like last year but um like obviously got july comic-con can we get like a even if it's a teaser or something because I really do just want to see what these people look like in costume in in these roles. These new people, especially uh, Caitlin as as Abby, um, what that what she looks like in that role. Um, I'm also very very curious because of Ian Alexander's involvement as Lev. Who's going to play Lev in the show? 
um, and Yara. I'm interested in those two next. And also, again, figuring out who the hell is Catherine O'Hara going to play and where does that fit in? And there's still many, many curious questions to answer. And I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing what that's going to be like. But given how awesome the first season was and how true to the game it was, and okay, there was bits and pieces that were changed and moved here and there. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty incredible, and also as well, just my last point. Having just done my seventh playthrough, and one of the things I was trying to do in the seventh playthrough was work out, okay, where can you shorten certain gameplay bits? What can you cut? What can you include? I have no idea what you can cut because there's a lot of stuff in this game. There is a lot of stuff in this game. So, just in terms of there being a lot in the game and that kind of stuff, just to paint a bit of a picture for all of you who aren't familiar with the second game. So the first game I look at as, okay, you've got two people, Joel and Ellie, they take their journey, right? And then you have these checkpoints of meet Tommy, meet all these other people, like, across the the series. Obviously, there's bits where you stop off in Jackson, you meet different people, those kind of things. But it really is kind of these two characters on a journey there's not a lot of like groups and people like that it's more kind of singular people or pairs of people like sam uh and those people um obviously got like frank and bill that you come across the second game is not really like that because if you take that first game as a 12 hour narrative driven these two people for the most part on their journey the second game, you add about 20 characters, you double the length, and one of the reasons you double the length is not just because of the story structure and how different that is, but because there is so many different people, so many more people in the game, including some people you already still have, like Tommy, Joel, Ellie, and a few other people. Um, and it really just, it really just expands. And there was even certain, like small parts and bits and pieces i forgot a little bit of just because there is so much in this game and i i would hate to be the one they say like hey you've you've got two seasons of 10 episodes let's say that that would probably be the, the, the kind of average i saw a report that the first season is going to be seven episodes i don't know how you're going to do that in seven episodes unless you make them 90 minutes but i don't really want 90 minute 90 90 episodes i don't really want 90 minute seven episodes i want sort of 50 to 60 minute 10 episodes but then if you can do it in seven 90 minute episodes that's just a lot per episode to kind of digest um and i'm not i'm not sure how well that would work um obviously again there's probably gameplay sequences where i'm not thinking of like oh yeah you can make this five minutes short here ten minutes short here two minutes short here cut this little piece and you start cutting and cutting little bits of like two minutes five minutes seven minutes whatever and you end up saving like three hours or something i don't know um because my save file for both my original PS4 playthrough and my first PS5 playthrough, they're both 22 hours long. Now, obviously, there's bits where I slowed down, bits where I went a bit quicker and stuff, but though it averaged to about 22 hours, um, which is, yeah, basically double the length of the first game. Um, how much of those hours, like, can you cut that down to 17, 18 hours? Because how much of that is sort of, I don't know, there's bits where I've died or jumped off of something stupidly and, you know, there's a few minutes there and waiting for enemies to move somewhere so I can shoot them. And there's lots of little bits and pieces of added time where it's like, okay, you could probably chop maybe four or five hours worth out of that and maybe you save a lot of time there. 
Um, because in terms of the cutscenes and stuff, I just don't really know, I don't really know where you're going to cut things, because all of this is so good. Um, plus the addition of, let's not forget that, okay, we're not just going to tell Bill and Frank's story in the exact same way, we're going to add Frank in the show and give them to their own episode, pretty much, and really expand upon that, and when you get to the checkpoint of, oh, the Bill and Frank section, um... You cut bits there, you change things, you put Frank in, he's got time for dialogue and stuff. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting pacing-wise how this works out, but I don't see how seven episodes done it that does it. But then maybe I'm sitting here at the end of the second season being like, oh yeah, seven episodes, 90 minutes, that worked out. The pacing makes sense here, there, and uh, other reasons and stuff. So who knows? Who knows what might happen? So yeah. Um, Sorry for the little weird cut there, I just realised my laptop wasn't charging, the plug wasn't in, that was very strange. Anyway, um, don't know why that happened, but let's proceed forward. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very excited, and again, it's not a case of, oh, I can't wait to see the story. I've played this game seven times. <laughs> um, I know I know the story. It's more just, how is this going to look, and seeing this story play out in live action, and other bits and pieces that are going to be very, very cool. But... Yeah, give me, and it's not really, you know, I said a minute ago, I said, I can't wait to see what this looks like. I'm not talking about, like, oh, be a, a, photo, a behind the scenes photo of Belly Ra Bella Ramsey in her normal clothes, drinking whatever, hot chocolate or whatever on, on, on her break. I'm not really interested in that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, that doesn't really add anything to me. Um, I remember in the first season, we got these little... I don't know if you call them leaked, but these little recorded behind-the-scenes videos of sort of Joel and Ellie walking through certain bits, but they were in costume and all that kind of stuff. I could go for some of that, I guess, but, like, I'm more talking about, like, character posters and stuff. I'm I'm interested in that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, that's it for the casting news and stuff. Um. This is where we're going to get into spoiler territory. We're going to take a break. And again, I won't be spoiling... Like, if you're worried that I'm going to spoil a character's death or something, that's not really what I'm going to be doing in the second half here. Um, but I am going to mention a sequence at the end of the game, but I'm not going to talk about... Hmm, actually. I'm going to I'm going to be mentioning a fight that happens at the end of the game, or a sequence that happens at the end of the game. So if you don't want to hear about that... Because I, I just thought about what I just said, and I'm not sure that that actually applies. Um... Yeah, if you don't want to know anything at all um, about the about the second game, then obviously you can skip the second half here. Uh, and then I'll be talking about the Lost Levels um, afterwards. So I'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month, and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts, and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, it's time to get into things for some a couple of new thoughts. I'm not going to be doing a deep dive again on the game because I've done that, I don't know how many times, quite a few times on the second game. Just some reflective thoughts on uh, going through my seventh playthrough. Again, I don't really know what to say in terms of... Um, oh yeah, when I played the seventh playthrough, this is what they could cut, that's what they could cut. Because I honestly don't know what the answer is there. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to the editors and the directors and the writers to figure all that stuff out. Because I don't know what you can cut from this, this uh, I was going to say seventh game. No, second game, seventh playthrough. I don't know what you can cut. I really, really, really don't. Um, what was interesting to me, however, was... Um, I think I was in the middle of my seventh playthrough. And then I watched the documentary. There's a whole separate podcast about the documentary that you can find on YouTube. Not the podcast, sorry. The documentary is on YouTube. The podcast is on the site and the podcast platforms. Same world with The Last of Us feed. Um, so there's all that. But going, I think going through the Lost Levels and hearing a bit more about development. And obviously going through the two-hour documentary and giving a bit more insight into not just what these people went through to make this game, but the choices, the the decisions and, and things like that. It gave me a better insight as to not not giving me new thoughts on like, oh, this bit for this part or whatever. But more in terms of when I was going through certain parts and I tried to think more about how they made it and how they made certain decisions and those kinds of things. Um just uh, what, one other thing to add as well is, because um, one of the things I was looking forward to was, okay, haptic feedback in this, obviously got the um, uh, triggers uh, and stuff uh, with L2 and R2 with the like bow resistance and that kind of stuff. In terms of like adaptive triggers, that's not really something I've ever been bothered about, but it's a cool little thing to, to kind of have, I suppose. The haptic feedback for this game I would describe as a bit strange, because... In parts of the game, Nurse applies both to cutscenes and to um, uh, gameplay parts. There's certain areas of this game where it really, really kicks into the controller. And I'm like, here we go. This is a bit more of what I was asking for. And in other parts of the game, it's really, really subtle. And I don't quite know how they got to the decision of doing those parts. Um, like there's two bits, for example, right? Um, one where you're, uh, it's a cutscene. Uh, you're playing as, at the time as Joel, you're on a horse, and there's other characters with you who are also on horses. And they're running, the horses are running through snow, they're running away from a horde of, you know, infected. And the galloping really was thumping through the controller, and I loved it. 
because it's like, okay, I'm feeling the game <laughs> kind of thing. And I was like, this is great. But up until then, there was like, okay, there was clicks and clacks and bits and bobs of reloading guns and walking and parts here and there and opening and closing doors and stuff and like crafting uh, and things like that. And there is some of the haptic feedback from part one, which is replicated here. So like the reloading of certain guns and uh, when I'm throwing stuff or shooting or like the workbench system when you're mucking about with uh, screwdrivers and, you know, um, wrenches and, well not wrenches, um, wrenches and those kinds of things. That was all still there. That was great. But I was surprised at the lack of haptic feedback in certain cutscenes. Like some of it's quite subtle and some of it's really, really strong. But the two bits where it was really, really strong was the galloping of the horses of that bit. And it's a bit later on in the game where... Again, I do want to be vague with spoilers in, in this particular part. Where a character is being captured in the woods. For those of you that played the game, it's where um, it's where Abby... Sorry, not Abby. It's a scene involving Abby and involving Lev and Yara. Um, it's that part. But I'm not going to say who gets captured or what the context is or whatever. Um, where she gets captured. One of them gets captured. And I suppose in that scene, there's a lot of dragging, there's some hammering going on, there's some rope work going on, um, and there's there's a few bits of like thudding into muddy surfaces, like mud, a, a muddy sort of ground. It's like wet and muddy and all this kind of stuff. And there's a few characters, sort of, there's a character that's being dragged. Uh, there's some hammering going on and those sorts of stuff. I don't know what it was with that scene. And even the bit where a character gets dragged past a burning car, I could feel the burning in the controller. This little sort of like, this humming kind of flamey thing, if that makes sense. Uh, I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. And I could actually feel as well in the controller, because you go from the the car that's like burnt out and blown up and whatever and on fire it goes from right to left and the burning feeling in the controller passed from the right hand side to the right um what well, hand side of the controller through the controller to the left hand side and then it felt like it passed went past the controller to the other side because you, you the characters moved past the burning car it's like that's really cool that's really really cool i could feel the fire in the controller <laughs> um it's always weird to try to describe, like, water in the controller as well. Like, no, it doesn't feel like someone's leaked a bottle of water or poured a bottle of water into the controller. It just feels like there's water in the controller being swooshed around in different ways, like when characters are swimming and stuff. And then, like, the character is being dragged. I could kind of feel that. And then the character gets, like, thumped down to the ground. I could feel that. And then the character gets sort of picked up and shoved around a bit. And then they get, like something happened to them and there's another character that gets dragged in and like they get there's something happens to them there's a hammer involved and that happens and then there's like bits after that and there's a bit of a bit of a kerfuffle that happens and i could feel all of it really strongly in the controller i just wondered where some of the rest of it was in certain cutscenes, and i'm not disappointed by it i just was i was i would use the word confused i was just confused as to why it was so strong in a couple of scenes but a lot more subtle in other scenes. And I was also wondering as well. 
this was a curious thought of mine, the boat scene. And I thought, I wonder, and th those of you who played the game will be like, ah, oh, ho hopefully you'll know exactly which scene I'm talking about. I mean, there's very few scenes that take place on a boat in the game. Um, the scene involving two characters on a boat, let's call it that. And I was like, I wonder when they do that. And this isn't me shying away from talking about the topic, because I've mentioned that topic a lot of times. Again, I just want to be deliberately vague, um, just in case other people are curious about what I have to say. And I was like, I wonder when that thing is happening. And again, I'm not talking about the act of like, ooh, I'm scared to name what it's called, because I'm scared of, you know, taboo subjects or whatever. No. Um, I wondered if there was going to be any haptic feed feedback for when that happens. And there was a little bit. There was a little bit. Now, I wasn't expecting, like, thudding in the controller. That would have been, like... I mean, it still would have been interesting. Um, but I was like, hmm, I wonder when that thing happens on the boat. Um, what the haptic feedback will reflect for that. Um... And even when there was, I think there's a scene, there's a scene, you can see it in one of the game trailers where Ellie and Dina are kissing in one of the trailers. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder if there'll be anything for that. And there was little, like, you couldn't feel like, you couldn't feel kissing or pecking in the controller because I don't know what that would be like. But you could feel like little, these little bits, these little bits of the controller. And, um, yeah, I wondered for that scene in the boat, like... Okay, because the, the the game up until that point, because that's like just past the halfway point of the game. Actually, that's to like the later third of the game. And I was thinking, okay, for when characters like punch or do, do like physical things to each other, like punch or shove each other, or if a character gets slammed into something or pushed onto the floor or pushed over a table, you got little, you got like bumps and bits and pieces and stuff. I wonder how they'll replicate that. And they did do it a little bit. And I was curious to see uh, what that was going to be like. Um, aside from that, my extended thoughts. I do have one big thing I want to get to. Which is why I was, why I was a bit more cautious about talking spoilery talk. Um, it made the best game I've ever played even better. Because it added the addition of haptic feedback. And yeah, the, spe the, the speech to... Um, there's an actual name for it. It's not called throat vibrations like I was calling it before. What was it called? It was called speech to something vibrations or whatever. Um, speech to motion vibrations or something. I, I can't remember what it was called. There's a thing that you. There's a name. There's an actual name for the setting that you toggle and you toggle the uh, intensity of it. That was really great to see that in different cutscenes and stuff, uh, and obviously during gameplay and things like that. Um, I pretty much have the same thoughts on that as I did for part one. Like it's a really really great addition. Um, other than that, I don't really have like new stuff to say. Um, about different bits and pieces and scenes and stuff, other than one little bit that I'll mention in a minute. Um, so yeah, it's another brilliant edition of uh, of this game. So uh, what I'm going to do now is um, talk about some, not new feelings on the end of the game, but, well, I guess some new feelings on the end of the game, but reasons as to why those new thoughts occurred as to one of the last sequences of the game, and then I'm going to talk about Lost Levels. So if you don't want to know anything about what happens at the end of the game, I, w I would I would genu generally recommend that you tune out now if you're really, really cautious about spoilers. Because I'm going to have to mention who fights at the end of the game, and I will pretty much have to mention the outcome. So yeah, this is, this is spoiler territory, pretty much. So 
um, you've been warned, I suppose. Uh, so when you get to the end of the game and you get Ellie and Abby fighting uh, the second time, um, it was a few. This was because of the documentary and because going through Abby's journey again in the second half of the game. Um, this is the first time I've thought or felt this way when doing the Abby Ellie fight that's in the water uh, when you put Lev when Abby puts Lev on the boat. I hate that part of the game now, not because it's bad or like poor choices or something. Because the more and more I've played this game, and even when I first played it, I ended up loving Abby as a character, which I don't know if I like. What's what's the correct what's the correct answer on having a feeling about how you feel about Abby? Because she does something pretty nasty, but she has her reasons. But again, as I've said before, when you look at these like post apocalyptic post apocalyptic stories, when it comes to murder and violence and the choices that characters make and whether something's good or bad or whatever, you have to put a bit of a, you have to put a different filter on because the context of which someone killing or murdering someone in the real world is very, very different to somebody doing that in this game. I mean, look at how many people Ellie kills in this game. Does that make her a bad person? No, she kills them for a certain reason, and that reason is justified within the context of this game. I mean, lots of people... There's loads of murder in this game. Not even just in the first game, but in the second one as well. There's lots of people trying to kill each other. Uh, are they all justified? They all have their reasons, and some of them more grey area than others. But I didn't, um, I didn't want to fight Abby at the end. And it, it like, I had this, I don't know if you'd call it strange. I was looking at when Ellie pushes Abby into the water. And you get this sense as a player, and I remember feeling this on my first playthrough of like, Ellie, I get why you're here, I get why you're doing this. Hasn't the initial bloodlust revenge died off a bit? Because when you're seeing Abby killing Joel um, at the start, you're like, I hate this woman. I want to kill her. I, I want I want the mechanic to get up as Ellie and kill her right now. You've just killed Joel. And even I remember in my first playthrough, even though I was thinking that, of like, wow, I hate you. You've just killed this player, this character who I really love. But in my mind, I had the same thing, even in my first playthrough of this game, of like, okay, this is a naughty dog. They didn't just like, oh, we'll just kill Joel for the sake of it. Like, there's got to be a reason, and you had no idea who Abby was. And I remember when you do that first bit, when you play as Abby and you're following Owen, and it just says man and woman in, in the subtitles, and you're like, who are these new people? Why am I suddenly playing as this woman? That's when you're going through like the snowy bit as Abby and you end up meeting Joel. And of course, Owen sort of decides to leave you alone for for a bit. Um, of course, you go through the whole game of like you're, you're killing all of Abby's friends and stuff, and it leads to that really iconic of moment of like you you know let you both live and you wasted it. That's one of my favourite moments in the game. Um, and you begin to sympathise and un understand Abby. And although you may or may not forgive her for being able to kill, for, for killing Joel, and she had her reasons, and her reasons are very, very understandable. Um, it was strange to me because there was a very, very particular moment. You, you push 
Abby into the water and she's all kind of like her muscles have died down and whatever's happened has happened. Obviously she comes across the, um, the rattlers. And you see from the other prisoners how everyone's like kind of starved and all this kind of stuff, right? I almost kind of know they say separate the art from the artist and okay, that's a phrase that can be used in certain situations, I suppose. And this wasn't that that logic wasn't what I was applying here. But it almost felt like I was pushing Laura Bailey into the water and beating her up. And I wasn't like bursting into tears or crying or something, but I, st- I had a very different emotional reaction on my seventh playthrough here. And after the documentary and, okay, like pretty much almost everybody that worked on this game got abused in some way, shape or form. And that's not acceptable and it's not okay and it's not understandable or anything is completely wrong. Even if you don't even like any of these people, or you don't like The Last of Us, or whatever. I'm not saying you have to like a person. There's lots of people that I don't like, but I don't go and abuse them. Because um, I know that that's a wrong thing to do, especially when it comes to death threats and stuff like that. It's just, just, yeah. we, we all should understand that that's wrong, but apparently some of us can't grasp the fact of that. Um, um, but for whatever reason... And maybe this will be something I'll personally sit on and think about. Not as if I've done something wrong, but there's a particular cut and there's a moment like... Because um, Ellie goes to get into the boat that's there, the, the the other boat that's there. Lev's like knocked out or whatever. Abby lays him down in the boat and she goes to like set the boat up and stuff. And Ellie sees this blood on her arm and she thinks of Joel again. She turns around, she goes over to Ellie... So Abby, and she's like, I can't let you leave. And I think, yeah, that's the moment. It's the moment where she first pulls her back from the boat and sort of pulls and pushes her into the water. And Abby's right hand is what's sort of holding her up. And she, put, I think she puts her left hand up and she's like, no, please, please just don't do this. And I just, I couldn't help but think of Laura Bailey in that moment and think of... Okay, I'm. I know I'm going to do this sequence. I'm not going to quit the game here, but I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do the sequence. And yes, I understand. I am playing as Ellie, and I'm going to get into a fight, a very visceral fight with Abby, and I'm not beating up Laura Bailey. But it sort of felt like I was. Um, I'm not blaming anybody, and it's it's not like a it's not a like problem. It's just sort of what occurred to me, and I I just couldn't. I just like I looked at how vulnerable Abby was in that moment and I'm not saying that like Laura's a you know vulnerable like she's a very very strong person and I'm not trying to compare I'm not trying to compare what Abby was feeling in that moment compared to what Laura was because those are two different things but I couldn't help kind of connect them in my mind in this like admittedly quite strange way and make it feel like Make it feel like I just pushed Laura into water, into some water, and she's like, "No, please don't beat me up," and because she'd been abused for her work on the game, which again is despicable and not acceptable, and all those kinds of horrible things. Um, and even I was kind of button mashing my way through that bit as well, because I was like, "I kind of just want to get this sequence over," but maybe that's what I'm supposed to feel because I remember even when I when I've played that fight every single seven times. I didn't want to fight Abby, and I understand why. I understand why Ellie is, and thank God that she kind of has that moment when she's choking, 
Abby under the water and there's blood everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And then she thinks of Joel and you end the cycle of violence and she kind of, she gets up and she lets Abby up from that moment. I'm so, so glad that she did let Abby live. And yes, Abby killed Joel and da 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 and she has her reasons and stuff. But um, I really didn't want to kill Abby in that moment on every single playthrough. Um, and I hated, I hated doing it. I hated doing that last bit. But I liked that I hated it because I felt like my my kind of feelings in the moment of I'm hating doing this, but I, and I'm understanding why I'm hating doing this. But it doesn't mean I hate the sequence or the game or something. But and it wasn't just because oh what Laura went through and that's reflecting here. It's because I like. All the motivation, like Abby's motivation of what she wants to do, and even when you play through the um, bit when she nearly kills Abby and Dina, and she's still strong in that moment, and she's got her muscles still there, and you know the physical appearance is still there and stuff, and she's like, "I'm gonna leave you both," and I remember being scared during that sequence, uh, and I remember being scared of. I remember the moment when you're mashing square. And you're choking Ellie, and I was like, "Oh my god, I think she might kill Ellie in this game," and I was terrified when I first played that because I was like please don't make me do this but I guess what I'm trying to say is Last of Us 2 in two sequences with the sort of choking Ellie which I didn't want to do and cutting slash beating up Abby in, in, in the final section Um, I didn't like them again not disliking the sequence that they're there for a good reason and those sorts of things I disliked doing them on my seventh playthrough because I guess it's because I'm hurting two characters that I love. And it's it's flipped over, right? Because in the first bit, you're playing as Abby, who you've now grown to love. And she's understandably going after Ellie. And it's only because Lev steps in and she sort of, like, gives Abby this moment of realisation. Um, and it's like, I hope you don't make me kill Ellie here. And you didn't. And then it was reversed of, I hope you don't make me kill Abby here. And I, I love that. I really, really love that so, so much. And it was probably a big challenge and a big decision of like, do we want to do these two bits where these characters that we hope the gamers understand the motivations of? You might not love both characters. Heck, you might hate Ellie and love Abby. You might love Ellie and uh, vice versa in, in those two bits. Because I have seen some people say like, oh, I really didn't like Ellie's choice of her relentless revenge and okay if that's your takeaway then that's your takeaway that's that's perfectly valid um geez this game's deep isn't it <laughs> but uh yeah and again i don't want anybody to worry about me in terms of like oh matt had this weird thing where he thought he was beating up laura bailey and i i'm perfectly you know i, I i'm fine from like after that but because I, I liked i liked that i hated those those two bits because i feel like i was supposed to and I hated trying to beat up either of the characters in, in the vice versa situations. Um, but there was just a moment for me that little, that is probably about a two second shot or something where Abby's down in the water and I just, I just thought of Laura Bailey straight away. But then if I hadn't seen the documentary before I got that, I don't know if I would have felt the same way. Uh, and I was obviously very aware of like the abuse that these people went through to make the game. Which again is not okay. It's not even not okay. It's horrible. Um, but it kind of, I don't know, made me feel more connected to the game. Um, 
not in a particularly nice way, but yeah, anyway, I've already explained all that. So that was just a little one of my my new thoughts um, from the game. So yeah, uh, we have a whole other section to get to, don't I? Gosh, this is going to be <coughs> a long one, but I'll be okay. Um, so the Lost Levels. Uh, I do want to just, do I need to look them up? It was the, let me just write this down myself. The um, Jackson Dance. Oh, what was the second one? Shit, what was the second one called? Uh, oh, yeah, the sewer level. Right, sewer section. And then it was the boar hunt. Right, there we go. Okay, um, so, yeah, you had the Lost Levels, the three of them, Jackson Dance, Sewer Section, and the Boar Hunt. They're very short, uh, depending on how much you can walk around and look around in them. Uh, the Boar Hunt's probably the shortest one. Uh, There's actually a fair bit to say here, even though these are very, like, short, sort of cut versions. First of all, I'm glad that they included them, doing this kind of deleted scene, almost, kind of thing. Uh, if you select it at the start. You do get developer commentary. And there's also a little video at the start of each of Neil kind of explaining why they were cut, what their purpose was from his perspective and those sorts of things. But you go through each of the three levels and there's these little um, speech bubble things that you click on. And um, it's the level designer for that particular level. So it's not Neil or anybody like that uh, explaining like, hey, this is what we were intending here. This is what we cut and all those sorts of things. The Jackson one's probably got the most in it. This was obviously supposed to be the section where um, she goes to kiss Dina, or does kiss Dina. And it's a like, build-up bit just before that of um, Ellie kind of preparing herself mentally and preparing her nerves and stuff to talk to Dina and to kiss her. And that's what she wants to do. And there's a party and there's lots of people there and all those kinds of things. There's a few fun little sections that are put in here. You get a... Um, uh, throwing, not bowling, what do you what do you call it? When you throw a ball at a bunch of cans at like a fun fair, I can't remember the name of the game, and you try to score best you can with that. And then there's a little like face painting section, then there's a drink section, which I thought was quite funny. And then you basically go in. Uh, I understand why they did cut this. Um, and I don't know if, it, I mean, it would have added, all of these would have added a little something to the game, but... I don't think any of them were necessary, um, but it was curious to me the most with the Jackson dance as to how many mechanical things were put in there, especially with the drink, because you kind of use it as a workbench system and you can craft your own drink. The funniest part is in the Lost Level here, she crafts an empty drink, which I thought was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I understand the most from the Jackson dance of pacing wise as to why that was cut and I think that makes sense um, would I have wanted it in the game I I wouldn't have like desperately wanted it in the game but I guess it could have it could have added something but the game was already 22 hours long and um, you do spend especially at the start you do spend a fair bit of time in Jackson and that is by far the slowest part in the game so I uh, I don't, I think adding that in, and I understand with the start of the game, the first kind of two hours, it's very much a calm before the storm sort of situation. Um, I'm glad that they left it out because 
I just don't know that it would have added much, but mechanically it was interesting, and to hear about the different ideas and stuff, and to do bits with Ellie's tattoo, tattoo rather, um, the bit that was also curious is like the section with the kids, which they transferred into the snowball fight at the start, I think that worked a lot better pacing wise and stuff, and it was kids pretending to be clickers or vice versa to kind of prepare them for the world a little bit, I think that's quite a good idea, but again it translated well into the snowball scene, and that was pretty good, so I'll I'll take that as, as it is. Um, the other bit which is really strange was you go up to one of the kids, you press triangle, and you get this, like, clicker vision, like, Ellie pretends to be a clicker, and you get, like, listen mechanics and stuff, so I thought that was quite good, and I, I, I wouldn't think for a moment that I would want, like, a clicker game where you're playing, I, I know you've had things like Dying Light do that, and you've had, um, other games replicate, replicate similar things, uh, where you like you play as the infected and you hunt down your you know the humans and stuff that doesn't always really work for me and I don't think that would be the best idea but that was quite good uh, the sewer section um, I'm this is the one I'm most glad that they didn't put in I think the sewer section itself is long enough to do what it does I understand why they tried to put it in but to be honest it just and it gets explained when you go through the pipes in different bits and pieces as to what they were trying to do. And I understand what they were trying to do. And I liked that they still kept the Joel bit in, but they translated it to a bit later on in the farm. I really do think that just the the, the sewer section, that this, this lost level part, really added an unnecessary bit to it the only bit i would the only change i would make from trying to combine what was in the game and what was here i did quite like the mechanic of um when you get pushed downstream and you're trying to climb your way out i would have liked something like that in the game now that it was seen here but it's not like you know a big loss or anything it was just interesting mechanically to sort of see that but sometimes in some of these games when you're shimmying past pipes and crawling through spaces obviously that's loading stuff that you're trying to do sometimes in games that does really it, it, it just lasts a bit too long and it doesn't always quite have a purpose apart from when you get to the bit with Joel which was kind of creepy and cool but um that got translated later anyway so I'm actually glad that they cut this bit out as much as you could or couldn't have put the Jackson bit in and that might have slowed the pacing down but there was a bit more of a narrative purpose for that I don't really think the sewer section has like a narrative purpose here um, so I'm glad that they cut that out. I'm not saying, oh, it was horrible and stuff, it's just, it, it had its bit of its purpose, and mechanically the water parts were interesting, but the rest of it genuinely was just shimmy, crawl, and it would have just made it too long. And you already do spend, you spend a good, you spend enough time as you do in that sewer pit, sewer, sewer bit, and I liked how they explained at the end that, you don't quite know where Ellie sort of ended up. You don't know where she's ended up. You're in the sewer. And this idea of it leading to... And especially with the comment they made about the ladder. Was like, oh, you're, you're climbing up this high ladder at the end. And like anticipation of, oh, where is she going to come out to? And that kind of stuff. And it's the... Obviously, the Seraphites, the Scars. Sorry, no, it's the... Yeah, the Scars next that you get to. So it, it was it was well-leveled anyway. But just honestly, in this cut level, there's just too much shimming and crawling that was just unnecessary but i would have been cool with seeing the uh downstream mechanic be put into the game a little bit more because that was quite cool uh then the boar hunt um 
it's had a lot of different narrative sort of purposeful bits and stuff didn't it so um yeah that was quite quite a good one the boar hunt um i was curious just the whole throughout the whole level though of thinking are we actually going to fight this boar and you do and i thought the because obviously all of these are like unfinished and stuff like that so there's missing bits and pieces which is understandable it did make me chuckle a little bit when Ellie first goes in there, the ball kind of knocks her to the side, and her body kind of, like, slows down. <laughs> I thought that was quite good. Uh, sometimes it's okay to laugh at sort of, okay, this is specifically undeveloped, and that's why you're seeing it, and it's okay to sort of think it doesn't look good, because it, it doesn't. Um, I, I was curious with the sort of smash cut part of it, because... You get to the end and she like, she. I think you shoot the ball twice. I don't know if you can shoot it more than that or if that's scripted. I think it was scripted. And the ball goes into this bathroom part and you crawl under and see it there. And I think she kind of sees like, well she does see Joel because you get a little flashback to him being killed. And when he was on the floor. Um, of... Um, like, the way she's looking at this boar, and you get this, like, kind of unrendered cutscene, but it was still quite effective, of she sees Joel in this boar, and I thought that was quite a good way to kind of translate the trauma, if you want to call it that. Um, but that was done pretty well as well. So, uh, but for the most part, that's kind of... I like the explanation of... Okay, you're walking through these kind of empty bits, and you're just following blood, and there's these different speech bubbles to activate for the different dev commentary. And it sounds like they struggled to make this a little bit, and I don't mind them cutting this. And you do get a little bit of... Um, you get a note in it at the end in, in uh, the, the diary of... Uh, Ellie's diary. And uh, this kind of... They were going to make it this arena thing, and it seems like they struggled a little bit with what's our intent here. Our, our intent is kind of we want to make it a bit of a hunt, but we want we want to do it in exactly the right way, and they just couldn't quite sort of figure it out. But it happens off screen, doesn't it? Um, the, the only thing you could have maybe done because there's obviously the the it's, it's kind of alluding back to her hunting this boar and the whole like prey sort of thing and what was that like for Joel when he was not being hunted but when he when he was you know cornered off essentially and kind of then he was powerless and he was beaten up and that's kind of sort of what Ellie does to this boar but in a different way but she's thinking about that so there was an interesting narrative purpose there but you could have maybe done a little flashback of, like, she reads that when she... Because it's when she goes back to the house, isn't it? And she picks, she finds her box of stuff and she picks it up. And she's, uh, she reads about that a bit. And I wonder if they could have maybe done, like, a... You know what you could have possibly done? You could have... And again, I don't, know, I don't know if this will make it better or worse. I'm just, you know, throwing ideas out there. If you cut to when Ellie's crawling under the blockage or whatever... And she goes into the like you would, you would read, you would see the bit there, and you would read about her hunting this boar, and you can see a, you can see a drawing of it, this boar that's slumped on its side. And I only, I only wonder if you could have, yeah, I think you really need to show the bit at the end, rather than trying to figure out this rigmarole of the arena bit, or how do we properly do this prey hunt sort of thing. 
of trying to translate this kind of what she ended up seeing this boar like and how that ties back into Joel. I think you could have included the bit like let's say she opens the book right and let's say you press back to close the book but just before you do that she kind of puts her finger on the boar or or looks at it or something then you could have maybe cut back to um what's it called the boar scene but like she crawls under you can tell that she's hunted this boar and stuff and then she looks at it she sees joel but i suppose that was translated into in the farm when she's in the in, in the barn and i think it's a shovel falls over and she sees that and everything and she kind of the same thing does happen it just gets translated later i just wonder if you could have included the cutscene of her reacting to seeing this boar be helpless and that sort of thing so anyway uh, but that had the least gameplay in it, and that was probably the, that was the shortest one, wasn't it? So, uh, but I liked the intent of all of them. The sewer section, I just think, would have added unnecessary sort of shimmy, cruel bits and pieces. But none of them are bad ideas, and it's it's. I like that we got to see this anyway, and that was uh, quite cool to see. Oh, right. Anyway, um, that's it for this rigmarole of a podcast. Casting news, extended thoughts on part two. Uh, remastered and my thoughts on the lost levels uh i don't know what we'll be doing next for this podcast but i'm gonna try to put a little bit of a pin in last of us 2 i've got final fantasy 7 to go through which is gonna take me ages um but i thought hey rather than like save these lost levels for later i've just done my seventh playthrough i just did the documentary thing uh so let's just finish this off by you know experiencing these lost levels i can fully close the book on that for now i will be returning to this game because i still haven't gone through the director commentary of the actual game itself of part two. I don't know if I'll do a podcast for that afterwards. It, it depends if I get any if I get any new thoughts and feelings, and if there's any casting news, maybe I can uh, tile that up together. So that might be the next episode of this podcast. But we are entertainment talk, and we do have lots of other things to podcast on as well. So, um, but great experience. All of this, just all of this combined, um, great for for different reasons in different ways and stuff. So. Yeah, Last of Us ain't bad, is it? It's not a bad game. It's alright. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's it, it's just pretty good of a game. It ain't too um, it ain't too shabby, is it? <laughs> um, it just I, I'll finish on this kind of final thought. It just makes me laugh a little bit of the amount of times I've seen. And I don't want to wane too much on internet comments and stuff. Of essentially, Joel died bad game. Or Joel died means game is bad. Full stop, as simple as that, black and white, that's it. It's like, okay, you're free to think that, but really? That's where your mind stops? And I think there were people that played the game, they saw that cutscene, and they genuinely just stopped playing the whole game and they got a refund or they did whatever they did or they sent the game back or something it's like okay even if that makes you like really really angry don't you want to at least find out why abby killed him at least or don't you want to if you really truly hated abby and you're like hey i want to join ellie on this uh, revenge quest and kill all her friends and all these people and i want to kill abby well Obviously, you don't know at the time that you don't get to kill Abby, and I'm glad that you didn't. Don't you at least want to follow the next bit of 
hey, this character killed a character that I loved and I now hate this character, so I want to go on a revenge quest with the character I'm going to play as to do that. Now, you don't know that that's not going to fully happen because ending cycle of violence, all that sort of stuff, but you wouldn't know that at the time because the cutscene you've just watched is Abby killing Joel and why would you then quit at that moment? Because if you hate her and Ellie's telling you because she's like, oh, you're going to die and all this kind of stuff when she's pinned down. Why don't you want to go on that quest and do the thing that you think Ellie's going to do? Why not? But I suppose there's this jealousy, hate train towards towards Neil and everybody on the team and towards Last of Us of like, oh my god, they killed Joel. That means the whole thing is bad. And... If you look at, not my opinion, but if you look at some of the things I've said and ex- try to explain for this game and the character depth and motivations and da 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 and all the many, 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 many bits and pieces of this game, I just don't understand this blank view of Joel died game bad. It's like what a kid would say or something. I just... Yeah, but even if even if when you watch Joel die in that moment, you think, oh, this game sucks. Like, you really just ruined it. Don't you want to try and kill Abby? Because Ellie does in that moment. So don't you want to... Do- Why don't you want to join her? Because even though you don't know that that's what's not what's going to happen, you don't know that. But why would you then quit the game? I just, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand. Um, and heck, those are probably some of the same people that sent abusive messages and stuff like that. So not all of them. Like... Because even if it's like you then thought like, oh, Last of Us has thrown itself out the window and like this is the end of the franchise because of what Abby's just done. Don't you at bare minimum want to join Ellie on the journey? I just can't. I just I'm curious as to the answer of that. Like if you are somebody and you're probably not listening to this podcast. I'm not talking about the abusive people. I'm talking about the people that just played the game up to that point, saw the cutscene, quit the game, uninstalled it, you were raging, you were mad, you went on the internet to moan about it, and that's okay, because you haven't been mean or abused anybody, whatever, so, like, okay, you raged at a thing, and, like, you turned it off because you were unhappy at a plot point, that's okay, I mean, I disagree with you, but why didn't you want to follow through the game and kill Abby? Because that's what the character that you're playing as has said that they're intending to do. Why don't you... Why didn't you want to do that? Why did you switch the game off? The only reason I can think around that is... Let's say you were so mad you kind of just... You you essentially rage quit the game, right? You essentially like, oh, Joel's died in a way that I really disagree with. And you can disagree with it. That's fine. And I disagreed with it. and It was really bad. And I'm going to just rage quit this game for now because I don't want to play this at that at the moment. Is it because like you then just didn't have the motivation to just click on Last of Us 2 after that and play it? That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but just how... I think bland that choice is. Like, aren't you interested in why Abby did that? Or aren't you interested in what Ellie's going to do next? Because um, you've kind of cut off your game at a cliffhanger. Because aren't you then thinking, oh, what will Ellie do next? What will Abby do next? What will any of these characters do next after this event? But you decided to just quit the game because you were annoyed. Don't you want to know what happens next? 
I don't know. Anyway, just just a thought that occurred to me. Anyway, let's wrap this podcast up. Uh, you can, of course, write in with any of your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about anything I've just said in the last hour, 15 minutes. Uh, you can do that to Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's information in your show notes, including an email box on the website part of the episode. As if, you, if you're listening on the website version of the episode, you can scroll down and you'll find a big email box there. You can use that as well. Uh, entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms entertainment talk tv games films main night podcast please tell other people about what we do um, whether it's last of us gaming talk united cast whatever if someone mentions something we've podcasted on please tell them about said podcast if you can uh, but in terms of for you of course word of mouth social media listen to more stuff if you can if you want to we have many 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 podcasts on the site so have a look around and hey if you want to know if we've done something a particular podcast feel free to just ask and I'll tell you if we have or haven't it's nice and simple so uh do that if you can patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers every podcast review options look for that as well if you'd like to uh tv and film news over on geektown.co.uk and of course geektown radio uh on tuesdays that's for your tv and your film news bex over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s and on other platforms the same name she's on hiatus at the moment but go and just subscribe slash follow and check out the content that she's already done uh, me over on Twitch at eTalk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays for all those, you know, game bits and pieces and stuff like that. Uh, and the game clips and stuff are over on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Alright, I'm going to go and breathe. <laughs> uh, thank you all very much for listening. If you've listened this entire way through, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate your time because this was a long, longer one than usual. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing my thoughts and stuff. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.